0: Next Step, number 723, April 14th, 2022, the Easter edition.
1: Hi there, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries. Thanks for tuning into the Next Step with Father Vazgen. We are the voice of Armadoxy, a weekly podcast started in 2008 that looks at life through the lens of Armenian Orthodoxy. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here, and if you're a regular listener, welcome back. In these weekly episodes, you will find that Father Voskin's messages are timely, thought-provoking, and based on the solid principles of Christ's love, faith, and hope. Now, let's get ready to take the next step.
0: Well, how do you do? Can you hear that? can you hear that in the background? There's some kind of bird in the air doing some kind of a, a melody for us. Yes, those of you who have been with The Next Step for, for many years know that I am in an environment that I love. I used to do many, many podcasts from out in the desert. This time it's a different desert. I used to go out to Phoenix and many, many podcasts out from there and the Southwest. But today I am in a ...in a town called La Quinta, California, and I've been assigned to the St. Garabed Armenian Church for the Holy Week. And uh, so this is the Holy Week edition of The Next Step, and I'm coming to you live from the desert. I'm, and I'm doing this recording outside just so you can feel what I'm feeling hopefully through through my voice and through the audio soundtrack but there are birds chirping there's a very very mild breeze that's going out here in the morning and um, there's a little bit of water i don't think you can hear it i'm they put me up at a at a little home that has a small little pool in the back and there's running water coming out so a beautiful beautiful sunny day it's sometimes a little bit too sunny, right? Gets a little bit hot. But the nights are fantastic. The nights are fantastic with breezes going by. And so this used to be a spot that I'd, I'd love to come out and do the next step. Like I said, I used to do it out in Phoenix primarily because I um, Arvadajan was studying out there in Tempe. And I didn't find any excuse I could to get out there and spend time with him. And, of course, it led to doing the next step. But um. What I'm going to talk about today on this Easter edition, and you know what, if, if you want a standard Easter edition, I'm going to tell you I've done 13 years before this of Easter editions, and you can find that. Today, I'm going to do a little bit different, and um, if you want the standard fare, please check it out on InHisShoes. Go InHisShoes.org and just search Easter, and all the Easter podcasts will come up. This is a little bit different. I want you to hear what I'm listening to. Can you hear the bird? Along with the bird, there's a car that went by. In the background, you can hear a small little whining, a whirling sound. It's an air conditioning that's going on. And it, it reminds us that as much as we are here in the desert and enjoying all this goodness and everything, that we are also people here in the desert. And we have left our footprint here, too. And this idea of footprint, of course, is a big, big issue today, especially in the global, um, in in the global conversation about leaving uh, our footprints, carbon footprints on the world that may be uh, irreversible, may cause damage. In many ways, I think that we've passed that because we talk about the carbon footprints, but not about our personal footprints. That's what I want to talk about today on this Easter, because. Uh, last night we had the um, the uh, Holy Thursday, what's traditionally called Monday Thursday service at the at the church, and that in our Armenian tradition consists of two separate services. One is called uh, feet washing, and I don't know why, but in the past <laughs> it's been referred to as washing of the feet. If you think about it, that's kind of Probably in our, a translation of the Armenian, vodan lava, but it, it's actually just feet washing. Vodan, vodk is feet or foot, and lava is washing, so feet washing. And of course, this comes to us from the tradition that Jesus established. We can read about it in John chapter 13, where after, during the Last Supper, he sits down and he takes off his robe. And he gets down on his knees and washes the feet of the disciples. And this beautiful tradition which he starts was he actually explains why he does it. He says, you call me teacher and you do that rightly. And if I, teacher and Lord and master, have come down and washed your feet, I set an example for you to do the same to one another. So he gives that example that of humility, of humbleness and how even the greatest is called to serve and he came to serve and so too we must now listen to this this is the important part because I think a lot of times we see these stories we read these stories these biblical um, reflections and we fail to understand that these are instructions for our way of life these are not just historical accounts it's an instruction for us to do the same for us to have that humility, that humbleness, and to to share with one another. So um we we had that service last night and the second service that we have on Thursday evening is called Chabarum, which is a very meaningful, spiritually uplifting for me personally, but it is also a very sad, sad service in that we Recount the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. We recount his betrayal, his trial, um, his um, condemnation to the cross, his being sent up to the cross. And so today being Good Friday, yes, yes, you caught it. That's right. We are publishing the next step on Good Friday today. Uh, today we remember the crucifixion as well as the burial and hence the name good friday comes to us because why is it good well it's good only only in the sight of easter there's nothing good about today the lord and savior has been crucified and died and if life ended today, if, if the story ended with today, there's nothing good about it. It would be called Bad Friday, Horrible Friday, Terrifying Friday, Awful Friday. But um, actually, because of Easter, we look back at it, and we can call it a Good Friday. There is something good that came out of the, the, the events that took place at Calvary on Golgotha of Jesus Christ being crucified. Now, what happens a lot of times is we do these services and we reflect about a historical event rather than—the word that I used actually, reflect—rather than reflect about how does that pertain to me. In other words, it's a historical event. and You know what? It's like any bit of history. It's like what we always argue about when we remember the Armenian Genocide— Uh, It's not a question of just remembering it. It's if you remember it, you have to do something right now on the world stage. The other day, President Biden declared um, what uh, what Putin is doing in the Ukraine as genocide he called it a genocide and I think he haphazardly used this word and it kind of demeans what it means And, and people say well what does it matter it's 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 a horrible horrific event they're trying to kill Ukrainians but the words do matter and that genocide word means that it has been upped in other words Now you have to take an action about it. You can't just stand by because you're trying to eliminate and annihilate a group of people. This is on the world stage. Of course, you know, to me, it's all acts of war are just... Especially today in the twenty-first century, where we have so many means of of, um, of negotiation and talking and reasoning, why we have to uh, why why we have to go to war? I don't know. But then again, when you think about it, what does our future hold? You look at all sci-fi movies, and you look at what the projection of people. In the future, is about it's about wars and Star Wars and people annihilating others. Uh, I don't know. It's I like built in to the human uh, genome, right? It's it's built into us that we have to resolve our conflicts with this uh, with this thing called war, and it can escalate to genocide. But my point being that that word there is used, and now you have to react. When we talk about the Armenian genocide, well, it's not enough just to talk about it. We have to have a reaction so that today, today where we see these kind of atrocities happen, we have to be the first responders, the first ones that can speak up about it. So I am outside right now and in the desert, and you hear a little wind going by. You hear the sound of... Uh, of nature, and then you sound, hear the sound of human beings, our footprint. You hear the air conditioning going on. You hear a vacuum going on in the distance. And, of course, it has to do with how much our microphone can pick up. And if it can't, then just take my word for it. The air conditioning just went off a big, a big unit. And all of this is signaling that, you know, we also contribute to the story, And I think we often forget about this. When we talk about Jesus going up to Golgotha, when we talk about him being betrayed, when we talk about him being um, sentenced to death, who are the people? We try to find the perpetrators. Um, The Roman Catholic Church, as well, well, the entire West, and I I believe even the Eastern Church, I'm not sure, have um, placed into the creed, you know, the Nicene Creed, which we read... On uh, Sundays during the liturgy, I believe in the Father, uh, actually, ours is we believe, habadamk, uh, but it also has the singular, the, the personal version. I believe in the Father Almighty, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe in the Holy Church. In that second um, portion, I believe in Jesus Christ who suffered and was crucified. In the West, they add that one, one little phrase, who suffered under Pontius Pilate. Why? Why was that added? Well, probably to take the blame off of the Jews. As you know, in history, Christian history, they have been very bad to the Jews because they've, they've regarded the Jews as Christ killers. And so, as a counter to that, they've added this we believe in, uh, that Jesus was uh, was um, suffered under Pontius Pilate and that kind of like takes him away off of the Jews and puts him on Rome but not Rome today Rome back in uh, the two uh, two millennia ago right the Roman empire okay um in the scripture the um, Pilate turns to the Jews and says, I, I find no fault with this man. And the Jews say, let it be on us and our children. So they're scripturally, too. And, of course, the scriptural passage comes to us from the, one of the Gospels, one of the evangelists. Now, different ways of looking at the same thing and placing the blame. What I want to present to you is it's, it's not about Pilate, it's not about the Jews, it's about all of us. And St. Basil has a beautiful, beautiful um, homily, which he gives. And it's read on Holy Thursday, especially um, in the mornings. I've seldom heard it being read in the evening, but I know in the morning it's part of the liturgy that we celebrate. And sadly, sadly, I was on the road this year and unable to attend that liturgy. But it's actually my favorite. It's the institution of the Last Supper, And in it, St. Basil talks about the holiness and the sanctity of the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Communion. And he says, if we take it unworthily, if we take it unworthily, in other words, if we regard it only as bread and wine, we are basically um, taking Christ back up to the cross. And we basically crucify him again. We are like the... um, like Judas, giving him the kiss of death. And uh, I don't do justice to it. I, I'm just <laughs> remembering it from my from my memory. I'm, I'm out in the desert. Remember that, okay? I don't have my notes and everything with me. And lucky that I have an Internet connection to get this to you. But you get the idea, right? I mean, St. Uh, Basil is talking about Jesus, and he's talking about all of us, our reaction to Jesus. And this is so much... It's so much a part of what we talk about in armadoxy. It's not about the history, it's not about the lessons. It's our reaction because in the end, how do you how are you accepting Christ? How does Christ come into your life? Because everybody has their own little perception of it. And in a sense, when we talk about absolutes and we talk about absolutes, truths, you know, my truth is this. And yes, somebody else perceives it differently. I go through this all the time. I, I think I've met so many, so many sincere Protestants. I do not see eye to eye on them, but I completely believe that they are sincere in their beliefs. Of, um, I, I, and I find fault. I find fault in what they believe. and Just as they look at mine and they say, we find fault in that. But when you find fault in it, what am I supposed to do? Right, I can only live the the faith that I have. I'm not out there trying to change anybody else because in the end, you know it, and we all know that that this idea of changing people's beliefs uh it doesn't work. it doesn't work. You have to have some kind of event just like the resurrection to change somebody's belief, and this goes into the unexpected it's very, very important. The resurrection was such a unique event in history that it changed. It changed the course of what people believed, how people reacted, and the entire Jewish phenomena was basically put to one side. You didn't need to buy into the Jewish phenomena. All you needed to understand was here was something that was greater than all the history and all the reflections that we have. So it's a, it's a big trade-off over here when we sometimes talk about, well, we have to do apologetics, we have to talk about what we believe and everything. There's, there's places for that. I honestly believe that there's places for that, but it's not to convert. It's usually done to, um, to reinforce the belief of the group of people. Yes, yes, I believe that. There are people that get converted, that there are people that that will come to terms with it and will understand. But when you think about it, in the end, a vast majority of people, and, I, and in today's second portion, that's what we're going to be talking about, It is like I said, how do we react? Where are we? I went through an experience, a personal experience this week that I need to share with you, and, and I think that what we're doing is we're uh, doing a disservice to people. When we take away the 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 Christ element and replace it with a lot of um, stuff, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave it with that. You can contemplate what stuff means, (laughs) because I'm going to share that in the second portion. But yeah, there is a lot of stuff that we give, and this is not about you know understanding the Protestant view that Jesus saves, and therefore you know I'm I'm okay and uh, everything is fine. No, it's it's about a very serious and mature look at our faith to understand that how do we react to it? Am I really believing that that is the body and blood? Am I really believing that I can put Jesus on the cross? Am I really believing that I give Jesus the kiss of death as did uh, as did Judas? Yes, I do. Every time that I harbor hate in my heart, every time that I um, try to resolve situations with, of conflict with war. I understand that once again we are putting Christ up on that co- cross. And yes, the we, the I, it's it's all part of us. And you know, when you close your eyes for the last time and your life's over, that we is very important. It's it's over. What have you contributed to that we? The I is finished, but the we continues. Um, let's take a break, okay? Are you with me right now? I'm just enjoying the sun. It's getting really hot, and I think there's a few little bugs that are bothering me. I don't know when we get back after the song. um, I'll let Susie uh, cue up that song and get it in there. And I'll be back in a couple moments. I'm going to take you to Kovia Yerusalem. This is the hymn, the anthem of Easter sung to us. Uh, This one is from the Western Diocese, a... CD that was made a few years ago It's been sometimes likened To the Star Wars version of the Armenian Church Liturgy. I personally enjoy it It's got fanfare, it's got beauty It's got victory Kovia Yerushalem Jerusalem that is off of an album that came out a few years back produced by the Western diocese and the diocese choral group it it is beautiful um, you know what I was reminded of this uh, by, by one of our young kids. Uh, I was at an ACY retreat a few weeks ago, and a young girl came up to me, and she she understood something about music, and she told me, she said, you know, what's interesting is when you hear the Russian anthem, you hear this pride, you hear these upbeats, these tones that go up. When you think about the Armenian national anthem, it's da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. It's like a down, it goes down. And I, I thought about that as I was listening to the hymns of Easter, Really the the hymn of Easter is this Kovia Jerusalem it's praise be to Jerusalem did you hear how up it was how you know it's like a victory won by Jesus a victory of overcoming evil of death by love by by life and that is certainly something to celebrate i uh, many years ago in fact on 2015 I was very honored to be given the opportunity to celebrate the Divine Liturgy on um, the Sunday before April 24th. And if you remember, on April 24th, 2015, the genocide martyrs were crowned as saints. So I literally did the last Hokehankis, the last requiem service, because after they are crowned as saints, you cannot do, you don't have a requiem for people uh, who are or saints. You do for people who have passed. And so, um, who have passed with hope, you're right. So, anyway, um, in that sermon, I remember saying that we as an Armenian people need to move our emphasis from the hymn "Iverinye rusaghem to Kovia Jerusalem, That should be the anthem of the Armenian people. And it's very interesting. In other words, Iverin Jerusalem is the hymn of the requiem. Kovia Jerusalem is the hymn of resurrection. Praise be to Jerusalem. And um, it's been interesting because it was a small little comment, and I'm very, very honored and proud that now it's become something that at many, many fu- funerals you will find that at the end of the funeral... Uh, to, to celebrate the joy of Christ, this uh, this anthem is being sung, and uh, it, it's nice to know that we were able to, you know, s- to switch it to to change the emphasis. I hope you enjoyed this version of it. This is available. I'll have a link on today's show notes. I believe the CD is still available. If not, it has to be someplace, and maybe it's a good idea for us to. Put it online so you can hear the entire, entire beautiful, beautiful um, rendition of the Armenian Divine Liturgy. Now back to our show. <laughs> Welcome back. We are calling this the Footprints at Calvary or Footprints at Golgotha edition. In other words, where are our footprints? When we're looking at, the, at, at Jesus up on the cross, and today being Good Friday, Jesus comes to the cross, and we talk about, you know, he, he gives his life for our sins. And uh, where's, our, where's our footprints? Do we see our footprints, or have we abandoned him? That's the question that, that we have today. Where are we in this entire thing? You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about this as cheap grace. Um, in other words, it's very, very cheap. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, of course, a Protestant theologian of the 20th century, and he referred to this as cheap grace. In other words, there's not much you have to do to, to, to get it. <laughs> you know, Jesus goes out there and he, he dies and he dies for our sins. Well, that's, there's something missing there, right? Like, if you give something freely to people, how will they appreciate that? And I think this is really one of the major problems that we have as a Christian church. We have given this, especially in orthodoxy. We have given so much. And there's this whole tradition, this beauty that's been given. And it's just basically taken for granted. Um, I'm always amazed. This this is just out of my experiences, you know, um, for 39 years, ever since I was ordained, every week we do a Bible study, um, and this has taken on many forms in different places that I've been, and currently we continue that same tradition by doing it on Zoom, you know, and, uh, you know, this is, the Zoom became popular because of the pandemic, It's also the reason why I haven't been out in the desert in two years. I haven't been able to get out here. You know, life changed. Life changed with the the pandemic. And so we started doing Bible studies. But here's the interesting thing from very early times. The seriousness with which people take it. There are your serious believer, but there's a lot of people say, you know, will go and will come you would never ever do this to any other class if you went to any other class you sign up and there you go uh, you have to be be there you would never think about coming in the middle you'd never think about sitting there and listening when you felt like it and leaving there's no test there's nothing to do so people just kind of take it haphazardly i heard a, a reflection last night somebody says i go to it whenever i can well you know it doesn't work that way you've missed a big chunk of the continuity of the story, when you go to only one portion that you like, and I always think about that as I, as I do these Bible studies. Like, I feel bad for people who just come in every so often because they have missed so much of the story that it's like hearing that, you know, Jesus went to the cross. Okay, do you know the, the the background to it? Well, you know, something about Adam and Eve. What do you know that, in our Bible study, we've kind of gone beyond that Adam and Eve idea. We've talked about something about our sins, not about Adam and Eve, not about original sin, but about our sins. How were we in this world? This is important. These are important topics. And a lot of times people miss. Well, the same is true of church. We have never made church a, a, uh, something that is mandatory in the Christian life. And this is why I've I've gone to, uh, if you've you've looked at some of my ministry stuff, we label things with um, different numbers, too. One of which was I started a a broadcast called uh, 168. In other words, you have 168 hours in the week. One hour, one hour to devote to church is very little. Think about it. If you could think about it in those terms, yeah, you know, you got to get out there. And what happens? Everyone everyone who has a church life with their families and starts off and goes with their families, I'm not talking about taking your kids and dumping them at Sunday school. I'm talking about taking your kids by the hand and sitting in the pew and absorbing the incense, absorbing the songs and and talking and laughing and crying, whatever needs to be done. But doing it together, this is something that only, only strengthens the family. So we have a formula too for family strength things, right? But we, we back off. It's just an easy thing to do, to go wherever we want. And and it, the, the same thing happens at Easter, right? It's the day of the year that we go to church. We know that Easter Sunday, we have to get a nice new uh, dress or a suit, and we have to wear a nice hat and put some flowers on. Oh, am I describing something from the 60s or 70s? But, you know, there are similarities to what people do today. And we see that. We see the crowds. Last Sunday on Palm Sunday, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary number of people. It was, I would say, from 10.30 in the morning until 6.30 in the evening. People were just coming into the church nonstop offering their prayers, placing their candles. I know some of it had to do with the aftermath of COVID. In other words, the things that loosened up and churches were open and people were feeling more relaxed. And so they came and took advantage. But still, you know, it's this once once a year ritual that we, we pay homage to. And um, last night, as we are recounting our Lord Jesus's Passion. As we recount how he was betrayed, he was arrested, he was taken to trial, a mock trial, and eventually sentenced to death. During the middle of this, there was a commotion that took place in the church, the church where I was serving last night. And I looked up, and there was a group of people sitting in the pews fiddling around with strings now i know in the middle east there's some traditions where they take these strings and for each gospel because we read seven different gospel accounts of the the passion so on each time a, a gospel is read they make a knot in the string they make one knot Basically, it's a way of staying awake. Jesus says, stay awake with me. So it's, you know, it's kind of like something to do, keep your, you know, today we have little fidget sticks and we have the cell phones. This was the early, uh, pre- the precursor to the cell phone, basically. Okay, you have the string and as you're listening, you, um, you make a knot in the string so that by the end of it, you have seven knots on the string and uh, the tradition people have, when I say tradition, I'm talking in the last 50 years or so. Yeah, they put it on their wrist, and then somebody else has developed the tradition that you wear it until Ascension Day 40 days later, and then you're to burn it. So we have all these traditions about this piece of string. Meanwhile, we're forgetting about what's happening in the life of our Lord Jesus. So last night there was this commotion, and I, I couldn't take it. I stopped the Gospel reading right in the middle. And I said, what are you doing? What are you doing with those strings? That will not save you. The message we're reading here, this message is the reason why you are here, especially as Armenian Christians. The only reason why you have survived is because of our understanding of this message, of what happened in the life of our Lord, in his sacrifice, and how we in turn have taken that sacrifice and made it, a sacrifice for our lives, and you know, I, I got to tell you to break, a, to break the trend, to break the the spirit of the the evening, and to go into that mode. It really took its toll on me. I I had a very rough time, and it's the reason I'm I'm apologizing that we didn't get the next step out until today. It was just that I was I was really spent. I was beat, uh, beat in the literal sense, not. Beat that I, I felt like we had lost after all these years of everything that we talk about. And here we are, people, instead of listening to the words of uh, of the Scripture, instead of trying to understand what's going on in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, they're consumed with this little string. And the same is what we felt at Assumption when people are consumed with getting grapes. The same is what we feel at... Um, at, uh, at at the nativity and the, the, um, the baptism of our Lord Jesus. People consumed with getting the blessed water. At the Feast of the Holy Cross, finding the basil, and what do we do with it? And uh, now we've added to that. Now we have a New Year's tradition where we bless um, <laughs> pomegranates. And so you go to church expecting pomegranates. And what we've done is we've cheapened the grace so that... Instead of understanding that it's your reaction, you need to have a footprint at Calvary. We are now saying that, well, I have these little items, this stuff, which will get me through. So I have a piece of string, I have some grapes, I have some basil, I have some water, and this is what my faith is about. And you know what? The piece of string will burn The basil and the grapes get consumed. The water is drunk and it's finished. Your fathers ate bread, ate the manna in the desert, and died. That's how simple it is. Jesus Christ said it. You're looking for miracles. You're looking for these things. Your fathers ate the manna in the desert. That was a miracle. But they died. They're dead. What I'm giving to you is something way beyond that. It's that is it's that connection with eternity. It's that connection with eternal life. And that's something you can't put a price on. You can't you can't trade that in for little doilies and things like that. And so Last night was really an eye-opener for me. Something that I've known all this time. Something that we've talked about several, several times. But I think it became very clear. It's about the footprint at Calvary. Where is our footprint? That's the question we need to ask. We look up at the cross. We see Jesus on the cross. We see the empty tomb on Sunday morning. And these are very, very pretty, nice little stories. But where is our footprint? Last Sunday... Um, Palm Sunday, in the evening, we had a concert at the diocese. I was the MC of that. And one of the um, things that I noticed, I spoke with the, the maestro, the conductor, Deacon Rafi Mikhailian. I was speaking to him uh, because as I was going to MC, I wanted some background on the program, uh, why the selections. And there was a very interesting thing. The choir selections included a hymn, Sharagan, from Holy Thursday, it included a sharagan, a hymn from Holy Friday, from, uh, from um, Good Friday, today. Uh, so the, he had extracted these two hymns, and he had it with a, a symphonic and a choral arrangement to it, and he presented it to the people. And the third selection in this, in, in this concert was a list of Armenian folk songs, so I asked him what was the meaning, you know, how did you get to this program today, you know, that, so that I could present it to the people. And he said something very interesting, which I loved. It was out of the book of Armadoxy, right? He says we have Holy Thursday, we have the Passion, we have Good Friday, which is Jesus up on the cross, and then we have Resurrection. And the resurrection is the folk songs that we sing. Our people who adopted that faith did not die. We continued. And I I just, I, I had tears in my eyes when he was saying this. Because yes, you've got to live that tradition. It's not about just Jesus coming out of the grave. It's like we have adopted that. That's our platform. That's our story. That's our footprint at the Holy Sepulchre. That's our footprint. Oh, did I say a magic word, Holy Sepulchre? Oh, yeah, people say, oh, yeah, you know, the Armenians own that. (laughs) The Armenians don't own anything until we put our footprint there. You need to put your footprint there and say that, yes, this is my story. This is how I react. And so I wanted to share this with you this, this weekend, especially this Easter week, as we're looking at Easter 2022, a world filled with war of fears of struggles and now we've got an opportunity to look at the resurrection not as a historical event but as an event that is ours up for us to adopt you know we always are consumed with the future why? why be consumed with that? Jesus tells us God has everything in control So let's get into God's plan, which is about us putting our footprints there with Jesus as he walks the road to Calvary, as he goes up on the cross, so that we can be there. We can be there at the empty tomb and witness the beauty that started this all. You see, (laughs) that step, that footprint at Calvary is the next step.
1: Before getting back to the next step with Father Vosgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, Forgiveness and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to The Next Step with Father Vosgen.
0: Thank you, Susie, and thank you to all of you for your support, for your love, for your prayers. I don't want to make this long. I just want to wish you all a very blessed and holy and sacred Easter. May you find your footprints there with Jesus Christ. May Jesus Christ's footprints be upon your soul and upon your family. In all things, give praise and glory for this beautiful life that we have, that we are able to share with one another, even in our diversity, even in our trials, even in our afflictions. We are able to smile and bring that presence of God to one another. I thank you for this opportunity, and... You're in my prayers, all of you. Every one of you are in my prayers, especially at this Easter. May the resurrection be a resurrection and a new life for all of us, and especially in your families and for your needs. If you happen to be in Rancho Mirage area or close by, do join us Sunday morning for our very special Easter Divine Liturgy. On behalf of the wonderful crew that put together today's show, Susie, our producer, and myself, Father Voskin, I look forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next step. morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken
1: like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for
0: the morning.
1: We trust you've enjoyed the special Easter edition of The Next Step. We invite you to join us every week for our regular broadcast. This episode, as well as all previous episodes of The Next Step, are available for download at InHisShoes.org, on Apple's podcast app, Blueberry, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes are available globally every Thursday evening. To write to us with comments or questions, please direct your message to feedback at epostle.net. Your kind prayers and donations ensure the continuity of these quality broadcasts. For the production crew and all the members of In His Shoes Ministries, this is Sarkis, looking forward to taking the next step with you again next week. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely if ever remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskulledness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew Vpostal.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. We
0: forgot to ask you if uh, you, you're seeing the same sky as we are.